Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. As we begin tonight, I want to speak about a woman in the Bible who is an outstanding woman. Now, there are many outstanding women in the Word of God, but uh, I want to single out this one because she risked her life to save her household. Now, you may immediately think, oh, that must be Esther, but it's actually Abigail. And the story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. It's actually got 44 verses, and I'm going to leave some verses out and speak and read and speak and read just so that we get the gist of what this woman was all about. Plus, I love the fact that we are called upon to read the Word of God publicly. So... Good. So the story begins with a very wealthy man called Nabal, and he's beautiful. The Bible says she was beautiful and intelligent wife called Abigail, and they lived in a place called Carmel, and nearby was David, soon to be king, with his mighty men, and at that point there were many more men. I think there were around 600 because You'll hear why I say that. Um, And they heard that it was sheep shearing time. And so David thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send 10 of my men to Nabal and ask him to to give them some food. Let's let's take it from uh, verse 6. He says these words to them. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is yours. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. Can you see the spirit with which he sent them? good long life, good health to you, and all that is yours, and he comes with blessing, but actually all he gets is cursing. This is how Nabal responds to David's men. Verse 10, who is this David? Who is the son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I've slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? Do you know people like that? So David's men returned back to David, and uh, he immediately went into uh, a rage. That's the truth here. He went into a rage, and he got 400 men together, and actually says that he left 200 men behind. That's why I think there were 600 people to feed. That's a lot of people. So he said, okay, 400 men, put on your swords. Let's go. Let's go and destroy Nabal and his household. Uh, And in the meantime, verse 14, one of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very, very good to us. Well, Abigail listened to the servant. And verse 18, it says, she took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five Well, you know, those would be very large items, you know, to feed 600 people. Five dressed sheep, 
five sears of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And so she sent these servants ahead of herself, and she followed behind. And as she came down a ravine, she met with David and his men. And uh, verse 24 says, She fell at his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame be on me alone. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He's just like his name. His name is Fool, and folly goes with him. Now, I don't suggest we, she's a great woman, and we're going to see a lot of <laughs> great things about her that we can learn from. But anyway, be it as it may, that's what she said. Verse 26, now since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, be sure, be as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal and let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master because he fights the Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you here today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. I've heard your words and granted your request. So, how are we doing so far? So, then Abigail went home to Nabal, but when she got home, he was drunk, and he had um, prepared a banquet. He was holding a banquet almost like, it doesn't say it, but it almost comes across like in his own honor. Like, he's so important, he, he had this banquet in his own honor. And the next morning, she waited until the next morning, when he was sober, she told him all that had happened, and his heart failed him. And uh, he, he fell to the ground, and ten days later, uh, he died. And when David heard that Nabal had passed away, he sent word to Abigail, asking her to become his wife. Sila moment. <laughs> so we are going to look at five ways to becoming a standout woman like Abigail. First of all, she is careful about the confession of her mouth. She's careful about the confession of her mouth. You know, Nabal said about David, who is this? Abigail said about David, this is the king. You know, it, it, it comes into how people uh, encounter us uh, and we speak about the Lord God, you know, and we speak about Jesus. And who is this Jesus? And we confess him as the King of Kings, amen, and the Lord of Lords. So the confession of our mouths are so important. And, you know, when she engaged David, she chose her words very carefully. Now, I skipped through a lot of verses, but you in your own time can go and read. And, you know, uh, uh, it's so important what comes out of our mouths. I speak for myself, and I believe I'm right in saying that we all struggle with our tongues at times. We all 
babble too much, we have too many words, we say, we, 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 we sort of meander into the realm of, oops, we shouldn't have gone there, right? So here's a good reminder for all of us to be careful with our tongues. James chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And here is a truth that we heard so many, many years ago. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And, you know, it has been said that the Lord has given us two ears and one mouth, so we should be listening twice as much as what we speak. Isn't that good advice? Right? Number two, her thinking is intact. Her thoughts were intact. Uh, if you compare... Abigail's thinking and Nabal's thinking, it's like chalk and cheese, right? And ultimately, as you think in your heart, so you are. Proverbs 23, 7a says that, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And Abigail was a God-fearing woman, and she honored and respected the future king and his men. Where did that come from? It came from her thinking, what she thought about God, what she thought about his servant, what, what she thought about the people who were serving him. And so it, it, it's important that we too get our thinking intact and not jump to conclusions, or as a good friend of ours in Cape Town many years used to say, jump to concussions about all kinds of things, about all kinds of people, and about all of life. I mean, uh, Dr. John Maxwell says, you go where your thoughts go. And we can see where Abigail ended up. She ended up lifted up. She was invited into the palace. Uh, she was invited to be the king's wife, the future king's wife. And where did Nabal go? He's thinking, he thought nothing of King David, he's the future king, nothing of his people, nothing of the fact that he took care of the shepherds. He just had no regard for other humans, no matter, no matter the station of, of, of life they were in. Imagine if that was the future king and that's how you treated him. Imagine how you treated your servants, how you treated your wife, how you treated other people, your neighbors, right? And that took him, his thinking was what took him down. Number three, she is a woman of wisdom. The definition of wisdom, and Pastor Andreas has written an incredible book, Cultivating Divine Wisdom, is wisdom is not knowledge. It is knowing how to apply knowledge in a given situation. It's not always what you know. It counts, though, but it's what you do with what you know in a given situation, I mean, and she certainly knew what to do in that situation. Uh, she was wise, she was thinking on her feet, and she knew that uh, no matter the situation, there was, a, there was a chance that she could win over the king, right? And so she had wisdom. She also knew that a gift makes way for the giver. How are you doing in Kalami, girls? Proverbs 18, 16 says, A gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. Well, in this circumstance, she was ushered into the, the presence of the great. You know, it, it's actually a beautiful thing 
to be a person who knows that a gift can make a way for you. Not a bribe. Not, and we're not talking about bribes here. We're not talking about bribes here. But just think about like a, a family situation. Just think about like a fallout in the family. Um, and, and there's just no reconciliation of any kind. And then suddenly, one day, a, a bouquet of flowers arrives from you. And it says, my dear loving sister, right? I have been praying about this matter. I've been praying for you. And I've never stopped loving you. Would that not melt anybody's heart? That's wisdom. A gift makes way for the giver. You know, she acted as a mediator, very much like Jesus did to save the world. She was a mediator. That takes wisdom because that person is thinking through a lot of things, saying, wow, um, if I don't stop, uh, you know, the king from coming, my entire family, myself included maybe, could be annihilated. Everything that we own, our servants even, uh, because of the king's anger. So she had already, it doesn't even say that no one knows that he was going to come, but she had foresight, she had wisdom. She knew that this could be a volatile situation, a death threat on her family. But she became that mediator, uh, so much so that, um, you know, the king listened and he actually acted on what, what she said. And so her words were powerful and well chosen because she was a woman of wisdom. Number four, she is a generous woman. She has a generous spirit. A standout woman is generous. Pastor Kogi spoke about generosity tonight. What looks more beautiful, generosity or stinginess, miserliness? I think generosity is... Is, a, is the character of God. He's so generous that he included each and every one of us to enter into his kingdom, to enter into a relationship with him. Generosity is beautiful. And a standout woman is a woman who has a generous spirit. You know, she didn't just take just enough. Or she, she didn't just go like with nothing and, and, and try to meet halfway with the king, and then say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, uh, but you don't understand. No, 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 no. She was generous. She got the food together. Not just enough, but more than enough. Not only that, she could have just sent her servants along on the donkeys, but she personally, that's generous. When you personally, right, can go and meet someone halfway to be a mediator and to put out fire and get rid of a war situation, right? So generosity is a beautiful thing in a woman. It's a beautiful thing in a person. And, um, you know, what stood out to Pastor Andre and I when we were traveling, because we had a five-week um, sabbatical in a way, and uh, three of those were for our own personal enjoyment, and uh, uh, two of those we were in America, and part of that was a conference. Um, but what we found, we had a lot of um, flights within different airports, and we found there's like a spirit of stinginess that has come upon the world. I, I, there's no better way to say it. That, that, that thing of like, you know, the customer is always right, and the customer is so important. You, you were nobody in the airports. Some business class flights 
didn't even let people into business lounges because you had, a cert, you had, to, have a cert, you had to have a certain um, credit card. Um, our trip from one of the cities to fly long distance, um, we got there a little bit early to be checking in. Whereas other airports will let you check in from the morning if you're flying at night and make sure you're comfortable. We had to find seats, which we could not, there were no seats. But you know what, I, I have to tell you, Kogi spoke about us going down to, to Cape Town for a Sandy's memorial. O.R. Tambo, on Wednesday, left them in the dirt. If you have anything to say about South Africa, don't. They even had couches. They had a new section. I don't know if you guys noticed. There were these green couches. And I don't know, someone pointed it out to me and said, look at our airport. It's got green. And I thought, I'm not going to mention the city's name. But they can have a thing to learn. This was a domestic airport we're talking about. That was an international airport. And I'm not like bad-mouthing. I'm just saying it's, it's a, it's a spirit of thinking. It's like people aren't important. People aren't valuable. They're just like cattle. You, you know, you herd the cattle into the plane and off they go. How many times a day? No, people are beautiful. They are valuable human beings. Amen? Some have disabilities, right? And so there was not a spirit of generosity, which is what we expected pre-COVID, right? Uh, there was just like this minimum thing that just was, oh, why bother? It's almost like, it, it's almost insulting. Sorry to sound like that. You know, there are many generous women within this house and, and in my world that have just astounded me and inspired me, and I applaud them tonight. And um, I want to speak about a woman from a previous church that we pastored in Cape Town. We got off from Cape Town, in case you don't know. So we were at Fishuk, AOG, before we came here. And there was this woman uh, called Rachel Lamb. I don't know if you remember Pastor Andre, but she was a, a generous woman, and uh, she was from the colored community uh, Ocean View, which is close to Fishuk, and we had about 100 colored community in our church, and it was absolutely fantastic. Um, just moving right along when we came here, there was no one of color in this church, so we were used to being with people pre-democracy, just being the church, I mean. But here you had Rachel Lamb. She's gone to be with the Lord. Mona helped me just find some facts out if she's still around and all of that. She had passed away in 2018. But let me tell you about Rachel Lamb. She's a, a standout woman because we've lived there more than 30 years ago, and I can still remember her. She still stands out in my mind. This was a woman. Pastor Adie was actually very close to Bradley. We found a picture of Bradley, her son. So, you know, they were not well off. They lived in like a township vibe in, in Cape Town. And um, she, she invited us one time to a house and, and put on this amazing banquet. And, um, you know, we were blown away. It was simple but abundant. It was more than enough. And, you know, we never forgot it, that there can be such a generosity of spirit in someone who isn't well off, but yet there it is right? And so uh, uh, she didn't have much, but she, she gave much, 
right? But I've met wealthy people. Abigail was wealthy, so, you know, I have to find someone else to counter that, that these, the people with a, a generosity of spirit, but they don't have wealth, but they have that. I've met wealthy people with a stingy spirit and who just, they have it to give, but they don't give it, right? So, um, you know, people like Rachel Lamb, you know, she had that generosity of spirit to the point where it still stands out in my mind, and she was a standout woman of God, as many people are within this house. And then number five, <clears throat> I thought I had less time, so I can really babble, carry on now. Now I won't. <laughs> With all that was happening tonight. So number five, she points. Here's a standout woman. She points people to God and attracts the favor of God. So Abigail, as a fellow believer, God used her. He used her to point to David something that he was about to do, right, that wasn't going to be pleasing to God. And she scored something from it. Obviously, there was something in it for her. But at the same time, it was wrong because it's wrong in your anger to take vengeance because the Lord says vengeance is mine. So she was a peacemaker. He ended up praising the Lord because it says in 1 Samuel 25, 32 and 33, it says, David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. She caused him to praise God by her wisdom, by her choice of words, by her generosity of spirit, right? By her thinking. And uh, he said, uh, praise the, the God of Israel who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. You know, she took him from rage to worship. She, dis she diffused the situation because she was a stand-out woman. You know, and God calls us to be stand-out women, to be contrary to how the world reacts and how the world responds, to be peacemakers, right? And to point people to Jesus and to help them understand that, you know, we are here to serve God's purposes, not our own. We're not here to serve our own purposes. We're not here to be convenient. We are here to be inconvenienced, amen? We're not here to be comfortable all the time. We are, we are, God wants to shake us and get us to a place of discomfort so that we learn some life lessons and that we can have gratitude for his goodness when he brings us through these dark and difficult times that we may be facing. You know, God is looking for women who can demonstrate the love of God and the peace of God. And talk about attracting the favor of God. David asked her to be his wife and to live with him in his palace. What attracted him to her? I know it says she was beautiful and intelligent, but I think it's, it's a whole lot more. It's a lot of these qualities that I've spoken about that made her even more beautiful and more attractive. The fact that she loved and feared God and the fact that she could speak with such wisdom and point the king to, to see sense in a, a situation that could have caused death and destruction, right? And something he would have regretted for the rest of his life, and he would have had blood on his hands. Well, he, would have, he had blood on his hands, but unnecessarily, 
right? Because he was insulted. What happens to us, if, by the way, if people insult us? What do we do when people make racist remarks or offend us? You know, we've, we've, we've had a message from Pastor Andre quite a while back on how to be unoffendable. And it's, it's, it's a learned art. It's something God has to help us with, to not be offended. Because you know what? It's the devil's playground, offenses. It's the devil's playground. When we become offended, we, we, no one can penetrate our hearts. It's like a wall. It's like a city that with these high walls that no one can get into. We shut ourselves off from people. We need to be like Jesus. He was offended probably, and he was insulted, but he paid the price. Amen? And um, unfortunately, King David showed that people are people. We are people. We make mistakes. We're not perfect, right? But uh, let's be the standout women that will attract the favor of God and that God will use in this world. A woman who is not on the side of wrath. Her husband was difficult. She could have really played the game here. Go, David, go. Go sort that Nabal out, the foolish fool that he is. No, 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 no. She was a woman of God, stand out, right? And, um, and she, she wasn't given to, she wasn't on the side of wrath and of vengeance, but she was a woman who brought the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a dark and a difficult situation. Let us be those women who bring the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a dark and difficult world. Even on social media, don't get into it. Don't have your say and then delete it like five minutes later. Like a hundred people have seen it. Don't, you know what? It's very tempting sometimes when you see people say things about people you know and you know you love them and you know what they're about and you want to go there and put on your sword and go and annihilate like David Let's just ignore it, right? Let's, let's just ignore it and, and just pray. Turn to God in that moment and pray. Let's be standout women of God who glorifies God, who, who are good for God's kingdom. Let's be good for the kingdom of God. There's much, there's much that, that, that can cause people to, to say, you see what I mean, that these are what Christians are like. No, you know, the point really is, this is what people are like. We, we're not aliens from outer space. We are saved by grace. Uh, we're still fallen people. We still have, make our mistakes. But you know what? We can do better. I say this to myself all the time. Vilma, you can do better. Uh, and, and I also say, Lord, help me to please you more. Lord, help me to have that sense you're happy with me. You know, it's like a father-daughter relationship. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I, I lost my dad at the age of 12. Um, but from what I can remember, my father was very important in my life. And I know that it was important to me to make my dad happy and to please him. Because then he would carry me on his shoulders or he would put me on his lap. And as I wrote in my book, he would take an apple, a red one, and he will shine it on his overalls that he wore in the Navy, and, he will, and I'm like salivating for this apple, and, he's, and I'm saying, okay, it's perfect, and he'll say, no, but it's not good enough for my little princess, and you know, that's how God feels about you and I, 
Nothing is good enough until it's perfect for his daughters because he loves you dearly. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry.